Father in heaven, we thank you today for the breath of life and for the blessings we have already received on this day. We have come to sit at your feet, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, baptize us anew with power from on high, with love, O oh, refresh us, dear Savior, draw nigh. We humbly beseech thee, Lord Jesus, we pray, with love and the Spirit, baptize us today. Bless us now, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Greetings, salutations. Welcome one, welcome all to this midday power surge. Thomas, Evelyn, Ingrid, all right, friends, it's rolling. Maggie, all right, Casilda, welcome to this midday power surge. Friends, this is, of course, Tuesday, January 14th, 2020. We are one day closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And friends, there is a great work for us to do and only a short time. And this great work is twofold. It's talking about conversion of hearts and the work of aggressive evangelism with busy hands and active brains. All right, friends. And we are to use these current events and show people from the scriptures two things. The second coming of Jesus is even at the doors, the close of probation, and that death can come at any time. And secondly, to call them from Babylon, call them from wilderness, call them from a life of carnality to Jesus Christ, to his true movement, Seventh-day Adventist movement, and call them to become trained and to be sent forth as missionaries. Friends, breaking news. Take a look at this as we see happening with the man of sin justifying infant baptism. How can we use this for the work of aggressive evangelism? How does this show us the mark of the beast is near? How does this event show us or give us tools that we can use to call people from Babylon fulfilling Revelation 18, verse 1 through verse 4. Take a look. Here it is, my friends. Crocs News, January 12, 2020. Headline says, Baptizing Babies. Pope Francis defends practice of infant baptism. Take a brief Listen at this clip. Baptizing un figlio è un atto di giustizia per lui. Friends, it says, Pope Francis baptized more than 30 babies inside the Vatican on Sunday and issued a clear defense of infant baptism. When was this? During January 12th, this Mass, for the Catholic feast of the baptism of the Lord, which commemorates Christ's own baptism in the Jordan River. Friends, what date was this? This was January 12th. This was two days ago. 
And this is commemorating the baptism of Christ by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. I have two questions for you. Number one, based on the prophecy of Daniel 8.14, which also continues in Daniel 9, verse 24, verse 25. What time of the year was Christ, was Jesus, baptized by John the Baptist? in the Jordan River to begin his public ministry. Those of you in the forum, what time of the year was Christ baptized? Was it January? What time of the year? Friends, it was autumn. Take a look at the screen here, friends. The fall time Mary. Thank you. There it is, my friends, the prophecy. At the bottom you see AD 27 autumn. The baptism of Christ by John the Baptist. There it is, my friends. It is clear as day. Now, number two, I want to ask you a question. Yes, my friends, what age was Christ when he was baptized? Was Christ an infant when he was baptized? But they're telling us that was to commemorate the Pope, to commemorate the baptism of Christ by John in the Jordan. How old was Christ? Look at the screen. Look at the, the forum. Look at the forum here, friends. Thank you so much, all of you. 30 years. Wonderful. About 30. What scripture is that? Put it down in the forum. That's Luke chapter 3. Put it down. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through verse 23. Again, when Christ was baptized, was it John taking water from the Jordan and sprinkling it over Christ's head? No. It was not sprinkling. That's what happens when you baptize infants. It was simply immersion. The whole body is submerged in water. What scripture says that, my friends, those of you in the forum? It's Matthew chapter 3. Put it down. And verse 16. And also, also, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Pardon me, pardon me. Acts chapter 8. Amen. Acts chapter 8. Verse 38 and verse 39, the baptism of the Ethiopian eunuch by whom? By Philip the Evangelist. Look at this statement here, my friends, from E.J. Wagner. He says, John preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. That's Matthew chapter 3. This dictates that John the Baptist did not baptize infants. His message was, repent and believe. Repentance and faith were the indispensable conditions. Without these things, none could be baptized by John. But infants cannot repent. Infants cannot believe. They have no knowledge of sin and no ability to believe. Therefore, those who take up and carry on the work of John the Baptist, which is the work of preparing a people for the coming of the Lord, will have nothing to do with so-called infant baptism, the baptism of infants. Does that make sense, my friends? All right, let's go back. Take a look at what the Pope says here. Battesare un figlio 
è un atto di giustizia per lui. E perché? Perché noi nel battesimo gli diamo un tesoro, noi nel battesimo gli diamo un pegno. Not, not, no, my friends, he was talking to grown individuals. And he says, repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be, pardon me, repent you therefore and be baptized. I was quoting Acts 3.19. Come back to Acts 2, verse 38. Repent you therefore and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive The gift of the Holy Ghost. Does it make sense? Yes. And here are four reasons why we are laying out the fallacy of the papacy, Pope Francis, justifying, defending the baptism of infants. Number one, it is not biblical. Write down Matthew chapter 15 and verse number nine. It's a man-made tradition. We are told, my friends, they are teaching for doctrines, practicing doctrines, the commandments of men. Interestingly, that scripture of Matthew 15 was talking about washing. Washing this and washing that. Let the Pope tell you it's all about man-made tradition. Look at this here, friends. He says, sono battesati nella fede dei genitori. Do you see it, my friends? He says it is evident when an adult asks to be baptized. He goes on. I'll read it for you. Then he says, but also children who from antiquity have been baptized into the faith genitori. of their parents. From antiquity. That's man-made tradition. And number two, the papacy, they are misapplying scriptures. Number two, they say the baptism of infants is justified in scripture because the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 17, I believe it's verse number 12, that on the eighth day, what day, friends? On day number eight, uh, the male child The male infant was to be circumcised. Was that what God was talking about? Take a look at this, friends. This is from J.N. Andrews. It says, Sunday keeping must be clearly related to infant baptism. Do you see that both Sunday and infant baptism have the same root? All right. Man-made tradition is not biblical. Sunday keeping must be closely related to infant baptism. 
Why? Inasmuch as one of the chief arguments in modern times for the baptism of infants is drawn from the fact that God commanded the Hebrews to circumcise their male children. Circumcision is made to prove twin errors, two errors of the great apostasy of the Roman Catholic Church. Number one, infant baptism. Number two, and that the eighth day is the Lord's day. No, the seventh day is the Lord's day. Second sentence, but the eighth day, in the case of circumcision, was not the day succeeding the seventh. That is, the first day of the week. But the eighth day of the life of each infant. And therefore, it fell on one day of the week as often as upon another. Does it make sense, friends? So when God told Moses, when God told Abraham to institute circumcision for the male infant on the eighth day, that was to show the infant when he would grow and become more matured. All right, friends, he would see the circumcision in the flesh and understand I am I have been separated unto God. That's number one. Number two, and Moses said now in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse number 16, the circumcision of the flesh represents the circumcision of the heart, not being stubborn towards God, not being rebellious. Does it make sense? Amen, my friends. And of course, Colossians chapter 2 speaks of this. Let's continue here. Number three, four reasons. Number three. Why would the Roman Catholic Church baptize infants? Number three, because they believe individuals are born sinners. That's not scripture. Because sin is a choice. Does that make sense, friends? Sin is a choice. And number four, to baptize an infant, it's now, now, by the way, let's go back to number two. This just dawned on me. The circumcision on the eighth day was for male, male, male children. Can a female infant be circumcised? No. Does it make sense? So how are you baptizing infants who are females? The female gender. Does it make sense, friends? It is Babylon. This is bewilderedness. Come back here. Number four, by baptizing infants, this is how the Roman Catholic Church will get control of the whole world. Take a look at this, friends. The churches of the New Testament were composed of those only who repented of their sins, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and were buried with him in baptism. But the churches which compose the Romish apostasy are organized on a plan essentially different from that of the apostles. By means of infant baptism, don't, get, don't, don't, don't forget this now, by means of infant baptism, the entire population is brought into the church. Does that make sense, friends? So now, since infant baptism was used by the papacy to bring the whole population into Roman Catholicism, could it be, save the servant to national? Could it be those of you in the forum? 
that if we give individuals the true understanding of baptism from scripture and expose, unmask the papers' deception on this point, God can use it to lead people from the Roman Catholic Church, fulfilling Revelation 18.4, come out of her, my people. Verse 1, the whole earth will be lightened with the glory, the truth, the character of God. What do you say, friends? What do you say? Send in your amens, my friends, if you agree. Number five. Take a look at this, friends. This is showing us the majority within these various religions and denominations practice infant baptism. The same article says, in modern Christianity, the bulk of denominations practice infant baptism and at least the churches religions denominations in the same article of january 12 2020 the roman catholic church gave the contrary and they also listed the seventh day adventist church showing that they know what we believe do you really believe the papacy does not know who we are ah oh, friends take a look at this it says, however, there has been some resistance to the practice since the Protestant Reformation. If you are Protestant, you must protest against, does it make sense? Infant baptism. It says, with a number of denominations opting for adult baptism or believer's baptism, including Baptists. Pentecostals, and who? Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah's Witnesses, and the Church of Latter-day Saints of all these churches. Which one alone honors God's true day of worship? The Seventh-day Adventist, friends. Because to, to accept infant baptism is to accept Sunday worship. They have the same foundation, the same root, the same far seed. To reject infant baptism because it's unbiblical must also lead one to reject what? Sunday rest, Sunday worship, the Lord's day being Sunday. If that makes sense, my friends, send in those amens. Let me give you some history here. Take a look at this. A.T. Jones, the, An the name Anabaptists signifies rebaptizers and was applied indiscriminately to all who denied the, va the validity of sprinkling for baptism and especially of infant baptism or sprinkling rather but the period of the reformation the anabaptists and those who rejected infant baptism what happened to them by the papacy and her allies they were persecuted. You could read the rest of that, friends. And so, many of them were Sabbath keepers. And they rejected the natural immortality of the soul. What's going to happen for, for those of us in the last days who reject infant baptism? Which means you are rejecting the authority of the papacy and rejecting Sunday rest. What's going to happen to us? History again. As before remarked, the Anabaptists became the one object of the attack of all parties 
civil and religious. Why? They rejected infant baptism. Look at this. Church and state oppose the Anabaptists. The Wardenses, the Albigenses, the Huguenots, they rejected infant baptism. Many of them accepted God's true Sabbath, not Sunday. Question, what happened to John the Baptist? Why was he called John the Baptist? John the Baptizer, Anabaptist, rebaptizing, baptizing. Does it make sense, friends? Does it make sense? The connection there, come back here. The Protestant Council of Zurich ordered that anyone who administered Anabaptism, what must happen to them by the papacy and her allies? That they should be drowned. Friends, when I read that, I recall the article by the Roman Catholic Press that came out January 9th calling Ellen White a heretic. Heretic of the week, Ellen White. That same author, Charles Colomb, is French, Charles Colomb, he also called Zwingli, let's read that, Zwingli, Zwingli, a heretic. Look at this. It says the order was actually executed upon Felix Manns. Who was Felix? Who had formerly been associated with Zwingli at the commencement of the Reformation. Here it is, my friends. Heretic of the week, Ellen White. Says a Catholic press, Charles Colomb, who is also a Knight of Columbus. Move on. And I covered this a few days ago. Here it is, my friends. He called Ulrich Zwingli a heretic. Now you can see why. Let's move on. He also called heretic of the week. January 3rd, 2019, Menno Simons. Sister White spoke of Menno Simons in Great Controversy, page 238. And look at the context of Ellen White speaking of Menno Simons. It was in the context of him rejecting infant baptism. Last sentence, Menno withdrew from the Roman Catholic Church and devoted his life to teaching biblical truth. He rejected infant baptism. He rejected transubstantiation, the mass, the Eucharist from the Roman Catholic Church. How clear is this, my friends? By the way, do you know Charles Colomb mentioned this when he wrote about um, uh, Menno Simons? and called him a heretic. Look at this. From his own words, he says, the Protestant revolt produced many different heresies, but the most radical were the Anabaptists who denied the real presence and infant baptism. Then he says, Mr. Simon's blue words, who never heard of rebaptism, began to study the Bible the Bible and he decided that there was no warrant for infant baptism in scriptures. Look at this now last sentence. Mr. Simons, Mena Simons, officially threw off the Roman Catholic Church and the priesthood on what date? January 12th. January 12th. Again, January friends, I'm getting excited. January 12th. What day did the papacy 
defend what did did the pope defend infant baptism in 2020 look at the screen january 12th this day in history is christ trying to awaken us my friends and just as men of simons and the others fled the papacy roman catholicism on these points what are we to present friends this is not just some news broadcast no it's showing us current events in light of bible prophecy to call people to conversion look at this my friends do you remember this this priest who slapped the baby during infant baptism look at this Friends, every time I see that, my heart pains me within. Let's close. In Friends, can we use this for aggressive evangelism? Let's go to Mark chapter 1 in closing. In Friends, what do we need now? It's the baptism of water, immersion, the baptism of the Spirit. This was what, write this text on as I close. This was what John the Baptist preached in Mark chapter 1, verse 8. I baptize with water, but there's one coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's what we need. And what is necessary? Number one, for us to see what our sins do to Jesus. Acts 2, 36 to 41. Put it down, friends. When we see what our sins do to Jesus, we have crucified him afresh. It must lead us to surrender all. To say, dear God, I confess my sins and I do not repent. We cannot repent in our own strength. Repentance means to turn from sin. Only Christ can give that to us. Acts chapter 5, verse 30, and verse 31, and verse 32. Ask him for that. John chapter 5, verse 14, he will treat us as if we never sinned and give us power to sin no more. John chapter 8, and verse number 11. Friends, it's time for us to be born again. John chapter 3, verse 5 through verse 7. Christ said to Nicodemus, as well as to us, you must be born of the water, be born of the spirit, because you're living in the flesh. The flesh, that's fornication, adultery, lying, envy, jealousy, drunkenness, heresies, etc. What says that? Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through verse number 23. We need to be converted. My last scripture, Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and verse 5. We must be buried with Christ in baptism. And like buried, not sprinkled, buried with Christ in baptism. And just as the Father raised Christ by his glory, even so, 
He can give us power to rise, to walk in the newness of life. My wife sang the song, Baptize us anew with power from on high. Take a listen. Send in your prayer requests. Baptize us anew with power from on high. With love, O oh, refresh us, dear Savior, draw nigh. We humbly beseech Thee, Lord Jesus, we pray. With love and the Spirit, baptize us today. O oh, list the glad voice from heaven it came. Thou art my beloved, well pleased I am. We praise thee, we bless thee, dear Lamb that was slain. We laud and adore thee. Amen and amen. <laughs> 